Now it's time for Real Herbalism Radio. Real herbs, real life, real easy. So on with our sponsors. Our first sponsor this week is Candace Hunter Creations. Candace Hunter Creations, helping you create the holistic, natural lifestyle you want to live. And Occupy Medical. Occupy Medical, a free integrated health clinic, herbalism, and medicine together. And healthcare is a human right. All right. And from Hunter Creation, where they are, they do graphic design and website design to fit your needs, where their motto is, yes, they can do that. And finally, from the practicalherbalist.com. And I had the website up here, but it disappeared. What's our tag? <laughs> here it is. Practical advice on herbs, herbalism, and the holistic lifestyle. <laughs> That's our sponsors for the, for this show. Civilization has eliminated many of the adverse conditions our ancestors had to face making life easier for us. But is it? Today, the subset of diseases that makes up roughly 75% of modern ailments stems directly from the way we modern civilized humans live our lives. Today, we're talking with Jakob Sletteland, clinical nutritionist and registered herbalist about civilized disease patterns and the vitalistic path to health and well-being. Now, here are your hosts, Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Sue Sierra Lupe. And, and welcome, welcome to Real Herbalism Radio. And welcome back, Jakob. Thanks. Great to be here again. Woohoo! <laughs> Whole new day. <laughs> uh, I am really interested in this idea of the diseases of civilization. It seems exciting it seems like one of those giant like epic discussions yeah but civilization is supposed to make everything easier for us yeah isn't it sure i mean yeah at least for the the global north of uh privileged few uh, and actually a very you know continually a narrowing subset even within the global north yeah i was gonna say the privileged few are getting a lot of heart disease Right. No, it's happening now. Well, Cancer. we're getting ahead of ourselves, but the disease of civilization that used to be more associated with affluence are actually now much more and more associated with uh, poverty. With poverty. Yeah. And those diseases would be. So we're we're looking at the we're looking at type two diabetes and uh, we're looking at uh, most modern cancers. Um, we're looking at cardiovascular disease, including um, things like heart attacks and strokes. High blood pressure, um, low blood pressure. All those things that, that kind of work in there so or that are associated with those, so what we call metabolic syndrome, which is this kind of uh, multiplex of things like hypertension or high blood pressure, uh, dysglycemias or messed up blood sugar, uh, dyslipidemias, messed up uh, you know, lipid profiles and cholesterol, um, abdominal obesity. These are these things that are all associated with... Uh, what are called in the research, the diseases of civilization, meaning that they don't really, um, when we look at anthropology, nutritional anthropology, the anthropology of medicine, we don't really see them as, uh, as, um, major, uh, diseases of our, of our past and really only, only in the, uh, the present and to some extent been growing over the last 10,000 years of civilized uh, life. And then really in the last 300 years, um, and especially the last hundred have really blown up. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's not just because people are living longer. Right. And it's not just because people are living longer. It's because people are living fundamentally differently. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll come into some of the factors that are associated with it. Um, and certainly as one gets older, there are things that, that will tend to increase 
but we'll talk about um, a, a situation called insulin resistance that, that leads to or is associated with all of these kinds of changes and these diseases. Um, living longer can affect that, but it's going to be more directly tied into how we live, how uh, the types of foods we eat in terms of the breakdown of our macronutrients, you know, how much carbohydrates, fat or sugar, but the nutrient density of our food, how much exercise we get, how we sleep, um, toxification of our environments, all sorts of fun stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, rock and roll. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how is it that our uh, modern age differs? How is it? What kind of factors have changed? I don't think the cavemen could plug into the internet. They didn't have Instagram. But just having an internet doesn't necessarily mean you'll have right. How could you live without Instagram? I, mean, right. well, you, I don't know. <laughs> Touching on the first, the first aspect, right? One of the major, major aspects is the sedentary lifestyle. So... Your average hunter-gatherer, by most estimates, would walk maybe eight or nine miles a day. Um, then they had, you know, periodic bursts of high-intensity exercise. Um, okay, for Fitbit that's users, a little bit different. How yeah. many steps a day is that? Eight yeah. or nine miles. Shoot, do you have, do you have I any know idea? This I mean, I know we're, we're aiming. The general aim is to get ten thousand steps a day, and that's probably only. What I'm just guessing right now, only probably getting in maybe a couple miles, mm -hmm. uh, two three miles, um, but. I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure I'm about. Not that. Sure. I should know that. I don't. It's know. probably considerably higher than my daily Fitbit goals. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I took a. It's high pretty tough to get that kind of exercise. Yeah. yeah. Two two weekends ago, I took a supposed to be a little hike and turned into a six mile. Oh, I laughed. That was hilarious. Yes. Well, I want to clarify. Yeah. We don't have to. We don't have to walk eight or nine miles a day to to avoid these diseases. But just mm -hmm. one of the major. That differences. was just a standard. There was just a lot, a lot, a lot of walking exercise. around. Yeah, a lot of exercise. You mentioned, you know, a lot more and better sleep, um, and then huge changes in our in our diets. Mm -hmm. I don't think they had additives in the caveman's world. Right. I mean, their additive was look. Let's add some strawberries to this. Oh, look, let's and add some lettuce. That was only lettuce. seasonal, actually. Berries were yeah, pretty... Yeah, quite seasonal. And you've touched on one of the pieces, sugar, right? Mm -hmm. Sugar has been very different in the, in the modern world. Uh, and, and refined carbohydrates overall. Mm -hmm. yeah, we'll see that there's a real direct correlation with how much refined carbohydrates, the you know white rice, white flour, white bread, everything that that's in, mm -hmm. all the sweet stuff. Had all the and, vitamin B taken out of it, and, pulled out and then yeah, put back in. Direct correlation there mm -hmm. and the, the rise of insulin resistance and... Um, you know, uh, metabolic syndrome at large, which is associated with all of these. So, what is broad insulin? Diseases. I read about insulin resistance recently. Right. Like, greatly simplified. What is that? What is it? Why well, your body it, says no. Matter? We resist insulin. We don't want it in our lives. Right. So it used to be called syndrome X or metabolic syndrome, um, and it's the primary grouping of pathophysiological changes related to. Uh, obesity, cardiovascular disease, stroke, and many cancers. So it's a group of things that go wrong um, that are associated with these diseases. What it really means is that, you know, you have to think about a quick little physiology lesson. Uh, insulin has been likened to the key that allows glucose to, to, or sugar to enter the cell so that sugar can be used as fuel um, or energy for our bodies. In insulin resistance, the insulin either isn't produced enough or it's not working well, so the sugar can't get into the cells. So your so debit card sugar, is not working when you're trying to buy your gas. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so so then the sugar gets stuck out um, without being able to enter the cell, and it leads to 
well, all sorts of different changes. One, you know, it leads to a, a lot of inflammation and inflammatory processes in the body. Um, it leads to that sugar being stored as, as fat and, and lots of different things happen. But basically insulin resistance is um, where the sugar, where insulin is no longer working to allow glucose uh, to, to enter the cell. And so um, lots of bad stuff happens when that happens, as we'll see. Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, well, I know when I was growing up, the the fancy bread was the white bread. Yeah, like that's yeah. what that's Rich what the bread. Yeah, yeah the, we didn't have. We, once in a while, would get that, but we didn't right. have that. You know, we didn't have a giant bakery in our town, and so you had to you had to pay the right. big price for that kind of stuff. And and the the sugar snacks they were around, goodness yeah. knows, right? But that was that was. That was a high price tag on that. You know, you right. saved up your pennies for it, and the now the all the things that when I was growing up was you know back with the dinosaurs apparently that now all of a sudden it's everywhere, all all the time. People have ready access to it. It's cheap, 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 sure. subsidized. Yeah, it's yeah. cheaper to eat those things that were the glamour foods now. Right. Then the good quality foods are are eight dollars a loaf for bread I if know. you're lucky, right? And that's the healthy bread. Yeah, and even healthy bread isn't going to work for some for a pretty significant subset of the of the population, which is another sad fact. So some people really can't handle carbohydrates in the mm-hmm. way that that uh, a, a lot of modern humans do, and other people can, and that you know gets into. So is that like and the, different factors. Yeah, I was going to say, is that similar to like that blood type diet concept that some people's bodies are derived from? No blood one type. type or other. No blood type association here, but it definitely there, you know, in the field of nutritional genomics or the, the study of how genes and um, those kinds of changes relate to uh, our food, they, there are becoming to be um, some markers that, um, that can show certain types of people that have certain genetic polymorphisms, they call them, that, that will make them more prone to insulin resistance and therefore more prone to diabetes, many of these modern cancers, heart attacks and strokes, all these different things. So so if you have, for instance, if you come from a family that does have diabetes, like say yeah. all your elders tend to get it. Pretty does high that, likelihood. Does that, that mean yeah. that you would probably be really, really wise to avoid empty carbs like sugars and white breads and things like that? Or yeah, it, I, I mean, it's pretty wise for anybody to avoid those. Well, yeah, but, yeah, <laughs> but then it becomes a, a a sort of therapeutic imperative unless you want to be, you know, essentially have your life shortened and and um, and need to be regulated by sort of prescription medications. You know, it'll become an imperative for that section of the population, which is a whole whole lot of folks. About 30 percent of people are just really, really, really prone to insulin resistance. And then it kind of, you know, about 30 percent of people, while well, they could just, you know, eat, eat a million uh, carbohydrates and, it, you know, they just keep burning it off. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it just depends. It just yeah. really Sue, depends. we are looking at yes, you. Okay, I We're looking you. at yes. you. Yes. Yeah. Sue's yeah. a little wired. Sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, hey, you've got your own problems. I do. <laughs> Lord knows. Yes, audience be comforted. We have a lot of problems. There. I can guarantee yeah. you I will never be cold. Well, you're but. shivering. Poor <laughs> you. Yeah. So, so what, what are some of the things that lead to insulin? What are some of the ways to recognize that insulin resistant resistance? 
resistance, resistance is, is becoming a problem for you. Thank you. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're doc or nurse practitioner or naturopath or, or um, healthcare provider. dietitian, healthcare provider. Um, they've got, you know, this is a, their diagnostic criteria for the metabolic syndrome and they'll be associated with having blood pressure that's too high by having a waist circumference that's, that's bigger than normal. There's all these different ways to, to look at it. Um, blood sugar imbalances. So um, you can also, you could get an idea from this by also just looking at and you know, testing your own blood sugar um, or getting a, a HbA1c test, a hemoglobin A1c, which tests your long-term blood sugar over a few months. Yeah, the primary, your, your primary care providers can figure a lot of this stuff out for you. Are there um, other signs that are like, okay, you should maybe go talk to your primary care provider, like having a lot of problems with insomnia or lethargy, or you know you're overweight and you can't seem to lose it, or sure. certain types of cravings? Or, are there any other yeah. things indicators. that are kind of indicators that are maybe warning signs that you, you should really go check well, this out? The most easy thing to say is, yeah, if you're... If you're, you know, um, biologically sexed male and your waist circumference at the navel is greater than 40 inches, or if you're a biologically sexed female with your waist circumference greater than 35 inches at the navel, then there's a fair indication that there may be some level of insulin resistance going on. So that's probably one of the easiest ways, but it's not foolproof because some people can be quite thin and still have insulin resistance. They're just different genetics. So, um, but yeah, if you may have high blood pressure, um, in terms of physical signs, uh, without kind of more modern equipment, um, shoot, they're not coming to me right now. Quite right honestly, now. but certainly sleep disturbances could be associated. Sure. Fatigue, all sorts of stuff could cross over. Yeah, there, yeah. It's so common. Diabetes is so common that yeah. now yeah. it has just become part of an annual exam. Right. Whereas you know, twenty, thirty right. years ago, that wasn't a standard part. It was to I'm test sure. people's I'm blood glucose. I'm thinking about those of us who don't necessarily believe in the annual exam for well, various reasons, which may be some of the reasons that contribute to the problem. Like life is stressful, and how do you fit in some kind of annual exam amidst the right. ten hours a day of work you've Suffice got? Suffice to say, you probably do if you're an American. Um, about two thirds of Americans have um, some some level of insulin resistance um, in terms of metabolic syndrome. It's that. So it's every, diabetic or pre-diabetic. Every, yeah, we're not even talking about diagnostic diabetic criteria here at mm-hmm. all. That's much smaller. But mm-hmm. but yeah, so we're talking two thirds of people. So not That's surprising. If you don't know, well, it's probably there. It's not like a disease state. It's, you know, it's the base of a lot of problems that we can work with through mm-hmm. diet. Yeah. As I say, what's the good news? What do you do? Herbs, what's the good news? Is, well, you know, we can eventually talk about some, some plants and stuff, but basically we need to make sure we're eating well. And that, that may be, you know, that's going to be different for different people, but um, there'll be some general patterns there. There's some lifestyle um, patterns in terms of um, exercise we need and sleep that we get. Mm-hmm. These are all pretty baseline things that a lot of people can, can do. This is where the vitalistic approach comes in, right? Sure. Heal I mean, through looking at whole lifestyle, not just a few numbers. Sure. Yeah, I think not just, it's not just about how it. wide is my waist. It's a lot bigger than that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hmm. Um, so if we were going to look at where we wanted to go or what we could do, we could jump right into that or we could look at you know, what are the, the major causes initially of that yeah, insulin resistance sure. that we were talking about? Yeah. That might be a good place to go. So there is genetic predisposition. Um, and, and we'll see that, you know, I've got a graphic that shows the poverty line. Um, 
with a with a large belly. Mm-hmm. It, may, it may not necessarily be. That sounds painful. Man. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if it's the most sensitive graphic, but I, I did just talk about it. But um, the, a lot of people um, of color are going to be adversely affected. Um, and the, the same people that are, you know, tend to be uh, economically disenfranchised or, or in, in poverty are going to be adversely affected. Um, there's the basic diet stuff that we talked about a little bit, the diet high in sugar and carbs uh, that's low in protein and, and good fats. Which kind of um, goes hand in hand with poverty, to be honest. I mean, sure, absolutely. you know, that's your McDonald's diet. Yeah, there. exactly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, not a nutrient dense diet, but a really kind of nutrient poor one. Mm-hmm. Um you know, not, not getting enough exercise. So lack of trained muscle mass, which, which helps mm-hmm. promote insulin sensitivity. That covers all our desk job people. Right. So that, that can cross, cross right out of the poverty into some really well-paid jobs. Right. Mm-hmm. Except the well-paid jobs tend to know about it more. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then there's vitamin, particular vitamin and nutrient deficiencies that we could talk about, particularly essential fatty acids of the omega-3 type, um, B vitamins, magnesium, some other trace minerals. Mm-hmm. They come into play. And then stress, good old stress through excess cortisol, our stress, major stress hormone, which promotes um, insulin resistance too. So those are things that contribute. Um, we may skip through and maybe not go too deep into the pathophys today. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I mean, we talked a little bit about it with the whole insulin as the key analogy mm-hmm. already. Um but um, yeah, I mean, where do you where do you folks think we should go here? In the in the conversation, sure. Yeah, I I think it would be good to talk a little bit about um, moving into what what are the problems with it? What okay, diabetes it's easy to okay. treat. So what? Right. Yeah. So um, a lot of the epithelial cell cancers, which are a big group, we're looking at. Um, uh, the carcinomas, uh, breast, colon, pancreas, prostate, there's a real direct tie to all of those. And we know how big of a problem all of those are um, and, and how common they are. Um, there's a number of hormonal influence from insulin resistance. So we see polycystic ovarian syndrome and other complaints there. And then the whole, uh, oh, and on the on the male side, the uh, BPH or the, the benign prostatic hyperplasia, hypertrophy, the Enlarged prostate. I was going to say, let's simplify that. Enlarged yeah. prostate. prostate. Yeah. Um, Which most guys just think, when I get older, that's what I'm going to get. That's just but what you're happens. Saying, no, not, not necessarily. necessarily. Not necessarily. Well, we've been really desensitized. I mean, things like that is a common trope in comedy right. vid- or comedy shows, sure. the movies mm. and stuff. We kind of get used to right. some of these things that, of course, that's going to be the way it is when I'm old. And, right. You know, and don't then, even think to avoid it. Totally. And then the whole the neurological diseases. So insulin resistance and is being called in some ways like a, there's a new diabetes of the brain idea Ooh. because there's such a tie in with insulin resistance and, um, and all of the, the neurodegenerative diseases, the Alzheimer's so and, uh, and dementia and those kinds of things. So there's all sorts of stuff. Wait, that's, wait, believe wait, it or so not, there's... that's actually the tip of the iceberg. It actually goes deeper than that. There's more stuff associated, but that's probably enough for now. You're saying that the people are thinking diabetes has something to do with dementia? Indeed, yeah. Oh, it does um, kind of make because sense. Because of the oxidative stress, the oxidative damage that can uh, mm-hmm. occur, and the fact that glucose itself is, is really caustic, um, the fact that insulin resistance promotes this, this inflammation, um, which is also 
associated with these diseases. So there's a lot of tie-ins. Mm-hmm. Well, I know the more inflammation, tie-ins. the less you absorb of your nutrients, and therefore the more deprived your brain and other organs are of said nutrients. I mean, I know that that's one of those clear progressions. Right. Um, Sue's very skeptical. She yeah, does not yeah. believe the Alzheimer's the, theory. Dementia is a very different thing than just, you know, the adeline of the brain in old age. No, yeah, yeah, you know. sure. We're, we're not saying, and to be careful here, you know, we're not saying that there is one single cause, a single cause for all of these disease uh, mm-hmm. diseases we're talking about. This is we're, a contributor. We're talking about, yeah, we're talking about major contributor uh, factors that are associated, um, uh, not just small ones, not small correlations, but significant ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, stuff's complex. We're not going to say everything is about insulin resistance, but a whole lot of stuff is. And if you can work with that, you can make a whole lot of stuff better or never have it. So just taking your insulin that the doctor prescribed to deal with your diabetes or pre-diabetes is probably maybe going to help with that, but it won't necessarily help you prevent all the other problems that are related. No, and we'd have to distinguish here between type 1 and type 2 diabetes. Um, you know, the the type 1 that, that is the uh, autoimmune disease, which is far less common, and the, the type 2, which used to be called adult onset, but now affects children. Yes, which sadly. Is, uh, it's more acquired. Which is acquired, and, and, some, and now there's a 1.5 to where it's sort of in between. But, um, but yeah, just taking one's insulin certainly is not going to be the uh, solution to, to this. Right. And, and in reality, many people are going to die, much more people uh, from the research anyway, are going to die from the complications associated with metabolic syndrome than, than are ever going to actually even present with blood sugar abnormalities. Sure. So they're going to die from the stroke because their blood got too sticky, too viscous from the hyperinsulinemic state. They're going to die from, you know, the, the heart attack, from the stress to the, to the arteries and to the, you know, blood vessels. They might suffer in all sorts of different ways before it presents as diabetes. Mm-hmm. So this is a hidden to the public in some ways and really well known in, in the clinical research problem. Mm-hmm. So... So how do we as how a culture change this? Yeah. Um, as a culture, I, I, uh-huh. you know, that's a really tough question. It's a big um, question. But we're going to, we can look at, you know, the major nutritional factors, um, the, the diet and lifestyle factors and, and uh, exercise and herbs that can be useful. Um, as a culture, um, in a lot of ways, the way of living that promotes these diseases is the way of civilization. So <laughs> some might argue from an anti-civilizational perspective that there just isn't a good way. Um, we should all go out into so, the woods and start you yeah. know, and even that can't chasing work. rabbits. Can't work at this <laughs> point. Rabbits. It's not enough. <laughs> but we can amend our diet. So we yes. can amend our diet. So, you know, we start talking about um, nutrient density, basically just eating a lot of vegetables of many colors to start with. So we take now half our talking. plate. Mm. We take half our plate. I'm drying this right now, right? Great big circle, everybody. Now it's a line and half, right? Mm -hmm. And believe it or not, half of that plate is vegetables. Uh Most of them are of a non-starchy type. Even Mm -hmm. we tend to like to have at least three to five colors of different vegetables as a practical way to think about this. Get all our different plant chemicals we want. So when we say vegetables, we are not meaning potatoes and rice. We are meaning a fine protein. Yeah, we're talking dark leafy greens. You know, um, we're talking. You know. 
fruits that are not of the super sweet type, so maybe some some berries and so on. We might some tomatoes, tomatoes, of course, all sorts of different varieties. And we might look at about a quarter of the plate as some kind of protein, ideally one that's going to be high in these great omega three fats. Um, so maybe some like fish. What? So those tend one. to be things like these. This is not a vegetarian diet so far, but we can talk about that. Uh, <laughs> to wild fish. Now you lost me. Wild fish, uh, wild game, all the things that we ate a lot as we evolved that we don't get much in the diet. We do have some sources from the vegetarian. Soy is a good there. one. Soy That's is a not a good protein. omega three it's containing not. food, okay. food. but we could Hearts. think of. Flax, um, yeah, we've got hemp. We've got now the, the new superfood, chia. Chia. Um, which chia. I don't, you know, it makes the best about. pet. But those, yeah. those kinds of omega-3s <laughs> are really hard to make active in the forms we need. But but suffice to say, there's that. And then we just have a whole lot of good good fats. The rest of it, it's like we've got a whole quarter of our plate used to be filled with, you know, a whole bunch of bread or lots of different rice. We might still have an, an eighth of the plate that was a lower kind of carb sort of grain that might be like wild rice or mm-hmm. your your whole grains, you For know, people that brown like dairy, rice. The fats have some would dairy be there. in there potentially. Um, more or less or yogurt or something approach approaching our kind of uh, paleolithic type diet is really where I'm going here. Not so necessarily bugs. so bugs potentially so if you're over that. But when they go I'm a cricket Yeah, there's a lot of different stuff that can go in the protein that we didn't talk about. Um but certainly for the in terms of what can our civilization culturally do, uh-huh. um, one of the best ideas actually is to start eating a lot more insects. Now I'm going to hey, lose a lot of you right now. There is a know, good but- recipe. <laughs> there, I, there's Dent, a recipe I want to try. There's a protein, recipe. There's a recipe dense. that I want to try. Yeah. And Paul the was it Paul Baudet's the new <laughs> wild crafted cuisine for yes. mealworms, meal yeah. fried mealworms. Okay. So. Mm-hmm. That's a good ecological approach because we are losing a lot of our our wild uh, our wild fish populations. There's yeah. only so much game we can eat. There's also grass fed meats, which can be you know raised in a more ethical and ecologically sure. sound fashion. Still, um... Occupy Medical is free street reach integrated health clinic that demonstrates by example that healthcare really is a human right. We're an all volunteer clinic of doctors, nurses, herbalists, and others working together to heal the community. What kind of donations are you guys looking for? We need vitamins, herbs, socks, toothbrushes, and of course, good old-fashioned money. You can find a complete list of our needs and contact information at occupy-medical.org. Occupy Medical is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Still um, difficult, difficult bugs, process. Bugs for B vitamins. Bugs, bugs are going to be good. Um, what about eggs? Bugs. Where do eggs fall in this plate? So eggs, eggs are going to be. You know, I'm presuming you're not intolerant or allergic. Um, eggs are going to be great, especially if they are from a pastured source that contains right. uh, those good omega three fats. So mm-hmm. eggs from pastured chickens. We're not just talking about free range or uh, organic here. It's not just about eating actually organic grains. Grass from right. growing they need up to be from the ground. Walking around, eating bugs, mm-hmm. eating grass, various stuff. So you're good, then, Sue. Then I'm they're fine. then they're going to be high in those omega threes, mm-hmm. and you can yeah. tell when you see the egg. The actual membrane of the yolk, how how strikingly sturdy. you know sturdy that thing is. I am back yeah. in that's this what conversation. That's what we want to do. Our that's what we want to happen to our cells, <laughs> our cellular membranes. We want to be that sturdy, and those omega threes are going to help mm-hmm. us with that. Um, so, basic components of the diet: relatively high in fat, moderate in protein, and low in carbohydrate. These are the 
if we had to make a list, this is what will help with insulin resistance. We need to talk about good fats. They're not just yeah. wild animals, but also yeah, the reasons why the Mediterranean type donuts. of diet is so good. So we got lots of extra virgin olive oil. Mm-hmm. We're eating lots of uh, you know other monounsaturated fats like avocados. Um, so good fats from those sources. Um, I think you know extra virgin coconut oil has got some some good science on it now. Um, a lot of the a lot of the fats we're commonly cooking with are really high in this pro-inflammatory omega six fat. So. Um, so that, omega six has to be in balance with omega three, where omega three is like twice as many or something like that. As right? Six is. Yeah, it's it, this. This could get a little deep. It's like it, a precarious. Balance. It's like twenty to one omega. The average American's like twenty to one omega six to omega three, and we're looking to get closer to you know more like one to one or one to two. Yeah. One to so two, anyway, meaning the two being two omega threes for every one omega six, right? So well, you're having we, more we omega three. If we could just get anywhere near that, we'd we even get we'd, even we'd be would be good. Even a single yeah. digit yeah. would be good. Yeah, at this point. Be, that yeah. would be good. Instead of the well, 20, and part, um, partly, I'm asking because there's right. a lot of people that like to do things like buy fish oils that say they've got this many omega threes and this many omega sixes, and if you're right. consciously like picking those or supplement types of stuff that can help you just have to know the yeah. supplement you have to know yeah. your supplement because there's a lot of yeah and know the rest of your diet stuff. and there's yeah. a lot and it can't be a, it can never be a replacement for the for a good diet but right um, so the fact that i'm frying my vegetables my big half a plate or more would probably be more like two-thirds of my plate in olive oil which probably actually makes up a significant amount of fat yeah that's okay it's a very good thing sweet and yeah what we found really and this is the big flip in the nutritional research you know we were told for a very long time uh that eating a diet that was was essentially um low in fat high in carbohydrate and moderate in protein was the way to go by all of the conventional authorities the american dietetic association and american heart association and really what the research shows now and even the conventional research says we have created an epidemic of type 2 diabetes and insulin resistance by the by information the we gave that was based off some pretty lousy animal model trials. There weren't clinical trials with humans mm-hmm. and um, just really bad science, basically. So, um, so there's a little bit, you know, we could talk more about trace minerals we'd want to have more of in the diet, too. Um, from eating things like seaweed, lots of dark leafy greens and nuts and mm-hmm. stuff. Nettle? But, Nettle? Yeah, nettle. nettle. Anyway. I love nettle. Absolutely. Then we don't have to worry about the but radiation issue. Trans fats are real bad there too. Um, so that's something to be aware of. Right. Um, I mean, when what will we get to? When Wait will a minute we get now. To, to well, what's a trans fat? Because that's one of those things that People everything everything's written. You know, I get a bag of like rice crackers, no trans fat. I get yeah, uh, you're not gonna be a seen. head of lettuce that comes in a bag and says no trans right. fat. It's, it's almost like it's gluten-free to trans, too. Really? Trans fatty acids. <laughs> gluten-free lettuce. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. That's yeah, you're excellent. not going to see that much of that anymore <laughs> okay. um, just because they've been largely criminalized, thankfully. What? Um, so what are hydro- they? Hydrogenated types of uh, oils. Okay, so um, if you're looking at your, your jar or your bag and it says hydrogenated anything, that's bad. Yeah, it's super bad. Yeah, super that, bad. that was like Better living through chemistry. Bad. Probably they everybody added a knows this. Hydrogen molecule <laughs> to it, and they tried to make it last forever. Oh, for uh, preserving, 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 and they just they right. just turned it into really, really. Because they store it in those warehouses for a while, right? Yeah. Like clean it out, sure. Right. Which so, you know, right there should be telling us something that we got to we got to store our foods. Yeah, yeah, we do have to store our foods, but using it so with chemistry. So it, that diet's one part. Yeah. Right. Um, and 
Okay. Um, and then, you know, we'd have to look at exercise. Really, we're trying to get just some baseline exercise every day. It's a good start. Um, we have to get our heart rate up most days as humans to, mm-hmm. to help this process of... of uh, so drinking a lot of coffee, sense. you're saying. <laughs> we could talk about coffee could later, try, but interestingly, try. coffee <laughs> has some really strong research about being being quite useful for insulin resistance. But yes. I, Woohoo! Yeah. Lucky you! Yeah, it's really, it's, it is considered the highest source of antioxidants in the American diet. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. That's a little scary to me. things going for it. But so in general, you know, we mentioned a little exercise and some resistance too. So we'd be looking to get, you know, some of those sit-ups, push-ups, those kinds of things, um, things that you can kind of feel that muscle burn on because that resistance, oh, resistance exercise. Oh, that sounds like a lot of laundry. It's resistance. Doing a lot of laundry. It's a lot of, a lot of sure. lifting. Yeah. A lot of lifting. bending and lifting. Yeah. Even light weights can do it. Um, it's just that kind of exercise particularly makes the insulin, makes our cells more sensitive to insulin. So oh. Exercise itself is going to help this process. Um, we've got to work on our stress, That's right? Because stress can contribute through this. Yeah, this easy for you to say. Okay, so I, I can know. tell my just, son I, that he's not allowed to have a drama. People are dropping like flies in my life last month. But, no know. more yelling. I know. Yeah, oh. jeez. I know. So, Jesus. yeah, well, yeah. yeah, not easy for you to say, oh, but yeah. easy for... That's what we hear a lot. Sometimes you go to the, you get stressed. You go to the doctor and they're like, yeah, you right. should try to cut down on your stress. And this is, That's uh, a great idea. Uh, Thank you very with, much. With herbs, we could we could venture easily into the nervine and adaptogen segment here because mm-hmm. they, they can they could definitely play a role. Um, well, one of the things my acupuncturist said to me not too long ago was it's not as much about how much stress there is. It's how you handle the stress that's in your life. Absolutely. The truth is you can't control your son coming home and having a drama. You know, being right. upset or that something happened in other cars you know, or exactly driving, what you no. can do is take a cup of skullcap tea or some motherboard tea and relax mm-hmm. and be done with, you know, let him have his drama or let sure. the, you know, the people in the other car, you can spritz some lavender. Sure. You know, it's about them, not about you. Yeah. You're 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 angry near me. You're mm-hmm. not angry at me. Yes. You exactly. might be angry at me, but I don't care. So. Yeah. It's that whole four agreements. Just don't take anything personally. Yeah. It's like, look at you with the yelling. Mm. Huh? <laughs> right, moving on. So there's so much to say about the, the diet factor, but I know we don't have that much time. Um, there's lots we could go into. Um, well, you, do, I, you do a whole entire class on this. Yeah, right? this is this is easily a two hour class. It's really easily a two week class, which yeah, I, I did say. Uh, to to give uh, credit here to, to Paul Bergner, who um, really introduced me to this topic many years ago um, through his his insulin resistance uh, class. Um, that's that's actually you know a huge number of hours, but at the very least, it really requires a couple hours just as an introduction. Mm-hmm. Um, we could talk. Since we are on the, the herb radio, yes, we are. Let's, oh, do. let's do some herbs, herbs here. Talk about herbs, which I should say are at least, unfortunately, in this case, are probably you know the least of uh, of our necessary therapeutic approaches. So diet, reduce yeah. stress, exercise. exercise. Yeah, you know, and then potentially some some different. You, you can know, use herbs to support stuff. all of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure, but it's their support their support right. group. Right. right. Now, you know, there's uh, there's other cop, you know, aspects of diet we didn't really cover. There's growing information about fermented foods and how important those are in the microbiome yeah. and how that can relate to insulin resistance. Well, you better watch out. You might just be coming back. Nutrient deficiencies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
all sorts of stuff. Um, but for the herbs. That goes on there. If we're going to talk about herbs, I'm just going to talk about the ones that have a good amount of research specifically involving the, the mechanisms that we want to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, this is not, you know, as a caveat, this is not, you know, the way it would be practiced in clinic because we'd want to be looking at the whole person. We'd want to be choosing herbs based around um, what those person's concerns were. Moreover, not just looking at herbs that are going to lower blood sugar or, right. or well, just lower disguising blood, symptoms. blood lipids or right. whatever. Size doesn't fit all. Right. Sure. Right. So essentially not using herbs as little drugs. Um, but, but rather using them as the, the complex, um, the complex, uh, entities that they are. Mm-hmm. So we can look at some of the conventional research. Um, there's a fair amount, especially on cinnamon. There's a good amount on fenugreek, um, gymnema, bitter melon, basil, and vaccinium with vacciniums being the, the bilberry, blueberry, um, all of those guys. Mm-hmm. So we could start on the on the cinnamon front. We know it's yeah. Uh, let's start there because that one's super cinnamon. easy. Warming and drying herb tastes really good. Um, goes well with blueberries, which yeah, is also it does, really good. It does. it does great, great on In toast. Fact, <laughs> as a tea, you can put blueberries, some dried blueberries, mm-hmm. just like four or five of those in yeah. cinnamon stick and a little bit of rooibos. And that mm. makes a really tasty tea. Yeah. Mm. And, one so quite, quite and then you can eat your blueberries. Yeah. Nice. They're infused with their blueberries. Um, but yeah, there's a good number of, you know, the so-called gold standard randomized controlled trial. Mm-hmm. That the, the My scientists favorite. love so yeah. much. Um, there's, a, there's a good number of those on cinnamon um, or its extracts reducing fasting blood sugar quite significantly. Um I actually, in an emergency circumstance out in the woods, had a circum- had a situation with a person who was diabetic, and their blood sugar um, they'd forgotten um, their their meds. They're out in the woods, and so you know we're telling them, okay, you think you need to go back into town and get your get your meds mm-hmm. um, for you lapse into a coma. But yeah, their blood sugar had gotten up to you know close to three hundred, which Ooh. is milligrams per deciliter so so us for those of us who have no clue how it's it's really really it's just super duper high um and so fasting um non-fasting blood sugar should be uh, down below about 140 but there's different criteria for diabetics double yeah right but anyway gave about five mils or a teaspoon of a uh a strong cinnamon extract and we got our blood sugar down i think 70 80 points just in the next Less than 10 minutes. Nice. That's with a tincture. Fast. Not the cinnamon challenge. Not a cinnamon stick or a tincture. Or the this was a one to, of dried cinnamon. This was a one powder. to two yeah. extract, a percolation. So it was a really strong extract of, a, of cinnamon. In like about, a tea. In Essentially a, like a super strong tea. No, no, no. It's a tincture. This is like a tincture, but uh-huh. it's more concentrated. Okay. So it's a one to two instead of what most one tinctures five. are. Which are okay. one to five. Or, yeah. But anyway, it, it, it was it was between seventy and, and hundred. It was really marked. That's amazing. Um, cinnamon really works, and and it's actually nice. good for us, not just um, dealing with the symptoms too. One trial over sixty days, really food like doses were useful in lowering LDL, the bad mm-hmm. cholesterol that we hear so much about, or the lousy, Load. if you like the uh, uh, low nice density lipoprotein. Yeah, L for lousy, or the good one, H for for healthy. I didn't As see. opposed to low and yeah. high. That's a good, that's okay. good. But food-like okay. doses of cinnamon, that's one, three, or six grams a day. Um, one, three, or six grams a day of a dried cinnamon significant, significantly reduced low-density lipoprotein. 
um, and lowered um, the total cholesterol. There's there's a ton of stuff um, that we could say about cinnamon in terms of its uses in um, Chinese medicine and cold and uh, damp kinds of conditions. But really here we're just looking at it within the context of, you know, how would we help deal with this this kind of problem, insulin resistance. Um, and we'd be looking generally for a regular tincture, it's something like one to, to three milliliters, which depending on your bottle mm-hmm. might be something uh, close to one to three or four droppers, droppers full, okay. not drops. So these are full doses. Um, taking regular cinnamon is great. Um, there's all sorts of stuff. Fenugreek. I love fenugreek. Yeah, I love fenugreek. Let's, let's go on I to a do. bean. It's cute because the little seeds beans. look like little butts. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Those are called methi seeds in India, or at least the the Met, what is methi, M-E-T-H-I. Right. So I have a hard time saying fenugreek because I first learned about it as methi, and it was methi for a long time. I think it might I be a, that as a different. I think it's a Gadrathi <laughs> word, but I'm not positive. A what? A Gadrathi word from uh, Gadrath region of India, cool. the native language of that area. I think that's, but I'm not positive. That makes sense. Okay. It has been used in type two diabetes since antiquity in uh, Ayurvedic medicine. Um, Great for digestion. Effects. You see that common thread. Good for yep. digestion. Good for digestion. Right. Not a surprise. It's good right. for diabetes. Totally. I know it's so one it's... that's often recommended during pregnancy. Mm-hmm. In yeah. And in menopause. Mm-hmm. And I know pregnant women struggle more with diabetes. There's mm-hmm. that like diabetes pregnancy or what is it called? Oh, you're talking like, about gestational yeah, diabetes. Yeah, gestational mm-hmm. diabetes sure. that might... Yeah vanish when you're no longer pregnant. So I wonder yeah. if there's a correlation there. I don't know. If you can work I don't know. On your, you know I'll just but, throw a curveball at you. Yeah. You know. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not always shown, me. Thank you. Thank you, Candice. It's been shown to, to lower uh, blood sugar significantly after meals. Um, and it has some effects on the on the beta cells in the pancreas um, uh, in that it actually reduces the secretion. Um, so it's not, in other words, it's not working from a, an effect where it's pushing the pancreas too hard to promote more insulin, which can lead to more problems. So it just means that it's working in a way that we like by promoting insulin sensitivity. Um, and it can benefit our good, happy, high-density lipoproteins. So is it a also for hot and dry, or is it also a hot and dry herb? What is the, how do you, how do you describe it's it? Fenugreek? Um, fenugreek, you know, yeah, it's a good, good question on the uh, overall energetics of um, fenugreek. It's one that I've mostly used in capsules and sort of just like as a as a single bullet type of thing in a protocol, not really taking into account. But you too don't much. cook it's, with it's it overall. I mean, it's I do cook with it. It's, it's good stuff. <laughs> it's aromatic, so you know I think of it in, in a generally warming sense. But it seems to me like it would I be would. warming and damp, but I don't really know that. Yeah, I mean, that's just what it seems like to me. But I mean, it's it's demulcent um, for sure, so it is moistening to some extent. I don't know within Ayurveda how exactly they would classify it. It's because it's not my right my my system, but of course we do know that it's also good for mothers for increasing uh, milk flow and that yeah. kind of stuff. So and Jim Nama and Jim Nama, I sugar, love Jim Nama, sugar destroyer. Um, as we blast on through these herbs really fast, um, 
Yeah, Jim Nemma. <laughs> Jim Nemma. So this is one where in Earth class one. 10 years ago, you know, we all tasted a little Jim Nemma, and then they passed around the, the chocolate brownie right. five and minutes later, like, and we're all like, what? Where's What's the, this? You can't taste the sweetness at all. And it really, yeah, just a packet really of sugar. They put it on a kid's tongue, and they're, very I just weird. gave you sand. I did not. Very weird. Particularly Sweet. weird because that dovetails so much with, with its therapeutic uses mm-hmm. um, in terms of um, actually increasing um, insulin sensitivity and helping with diabetes so much. Um, so would that be something that like, if you have a sugar addiction, that yeah, would use that? It absolutely is used that way. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of difficult to use because you have to be taking it so often. Depending <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. on how often you want your sugar. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I usually use it in about two to four grams a day or about three to five mils or a little under a teaspoon uh, twice a day as a tincture, but to just one drop for someone who's just like constantly nibbling sugars. Yeah. Just one drop. Yeah. yeah. If you're Wait. one of those people that chugs soda for the sweetness, then that totally. might be a good, you know, it's like taking one of those nicotine yeah. blocking drugs, you yeah. know, that, so that you can't taste the, you can't taste the, uh, or get the, you know, benefits of the tobacco. Yeah. Cause the yeah. sugar addiction is idea. complex. It's not yeah. just, I right. want something sweet. Right. right. It is. Working with it, but can, it can help. Conjunctive. conjunctive. So try it, you can know, get a tincture and try a couple squirts, you know, every probably two, three hours. If you were going to try to, you know, keep it so that you would never like the taste of sugar. Right. Ever or, again. Or really appreciate it. You do have to watch <laughs> out with Jim Nema. It is really, it's, it's a very strong herb. It's used really as a pharmacological herb in a lot of ways, or yeah. can be. And so, if you're taking blood sugar, um, you know, medications that are going to alter your blood sugar, um, not really the kind careful. of thing. So, mm-hmm. definitely not if you're hypoglycemic, you got low blood sugar. Don't take Gemma. Um, not the right idea. Mm-hmm. We got basil. Everybody Just loves regular basil. basil. Well, yeah, regular basil. basil. So we got oxymum, uh, good old garden basil, but pretty much any oxymum uh, genus plant seems to be helpful. So Thai um, basil. Yeah. Um, what we had for lunch today. Holy, holy did, basil. Yes. There's a good amount of research on the holy basil, um, so oxymum sanctum and on album. Mm-hmm. Um, oxymum album. What's oxymum album? Which one is that? Uh, what is the damn common name for these things? I don't always know. Thai basil. I, mean, <laughs> I know the word Thai basil. I'm on that today. Yeah. Um, I just know we've got good traditional the species. The species is what trial we're data. Different yeah, what is, species so what is basil oxygen. doing for us? That one I know is a warming herb. Sure. Um, I know that. Yep. Yeah, Fire. Yep, yeah, indeed. It is a good And is it drying aromatic. or dampening? Um, I mean, that's... Or neutral. I would say that it's both warm and dry, but like yeah. I said, these things get really <laughs> contentious. <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially when you're talking with especially a less cross, perspective. Yeah. But cross disciplines, um, yeah. It's diaphoretic, so you know, makes you sweat. So it's definitely heating. Nice. And in that yeah. sense, if it's making you sweat, we could consider it drying too. I think is pretty fair. Yeah. Um, it's got some adaptogenic components. I know you guys had a class recently on adaptogens. We are now uh, the experts in it. So if we were <laughs> if we were really stressed and our blood sugar was a problem, um, in addition to the fact that we were stressed and, and maybe we're you know pre diabetic or diabetic, um, holy basil could be a really nice a good tea. Uh, dovetail there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, and, foods. Well, if you just flavor your food, your soup or whatever with basil fairly regularly is that yeah you know like definitely. cinnamon as a don't regular want to cook stuff. it too much you don't want to, you wouldn't want to cook it off 
You'd, you know, for the basil, you, you should throw it in right at the end, no matter what. Anyway, any, yeah, because you exactly. don't you lose the flavor then. Any you do. It's fragile. Appropriate chef, it is. Know, yeah, you wouldn't and, want to. And you're it combining all. it with bitter melon. You can, yeah. um, but not always. I mean, oh, just yeah. sometimes. Yeah, because well, I, so I have never worked melon? with it. I haven't worked with it. For, Isn't that crazy? Oh, this is another. This is I'm another better. herb in the research that's really big for <gasps> mm, for uh, lowering blood melon. glucose and for increasing insulin sensitivity. And is it like I don't a know cantaloupe if we're even that's bitter? Get to there because we could talk about holy basil for longer too. Is it like a but, cantaloupe that's bitter? It's a pretty wild looking herb. Um, is that that one that the, they use in Indian cooking? It is. It is used. Um, you know, we I don't have. That it's it not one like that I, a giant. Rich I included it in my research, like but it's a, not one I use all the time. A lot of the research on it is using it as a juice, um, which we don't really have access to. But we oh. can get it as a powder, um, and so you can use pretty small amounts of the powder. But the um, research is on the juice. No, there's there's research on the powder too. Oh, okay, on the powder too. But um, there's less of it than on things like cinnamon or on gymnema. Those are kind of at the top top of the list in terms of altering our blood sugar in ways that are beneficial or altering our lipid mm-hmm. cholesterol profiles in ways that are beneficial. Mm-hmm. Bitter melon is something to think about. Um, is it bitter? I mean, the yeah, flavor. Yeah, so they weren't joking. It's going to be hard to incorporate melon. that into your regular diet for most Americans. Cause we like our diet much it's, more sweet. It's not but like that's basil. When the capsules, I guess. Would it's come not like basil in the sense that it's, yeah. it's not a culinary herb that we would think of like okay. as tasting good, like basil, which, Basil, which we could be throwing in. That'd be so easy. Let's see, easy to grow. Compare some of the, mm-hmm. Everywhere. The oh, even in an air Pretty low doses of basil were good, like even as low as about, you know, a gram uh, a couple times a day. So we're nice. talking definite food, like that's at the dry that's herb. That's easy. Definite yeah. food like doses, a couple teaspoons of the dry herb, for example, in some hot water. Yeah, basil is wonderfully easy to grow, too. Yeah. Like, I mean, I have Cinnamon a little hydroponic. And- Cinnamon with blueberries for dessert and, you know, basil right. um, basil, basil in the yeah. meal, um, a nice vegetable meal that's and the relatively high in protein and high in fat and low yeah. in, in the nice. carbs. Blueberry leaf is the tea. Now we've got a meal. We can also oh, yeah. do the blueberry. Yeah, blueberry that has tea. even more, yeah. In terms of yeah. lowering blood sugar, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the berry of blue, the blueberry, which says the antioxidants too. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. All those good, all those good uh, ways to help um, decrease the, the depth of the cells. Now the I'm cells, getting hungry here, guys. Vascular permeability, <laughs> strengthening the cells. We're getting low on time. Um, what do you guys think? I'm getting hungry. I, mean, I'm, I really hungry am grateful too, but, for yeah. what you you shared with us about this. This is this so is what a is, huge talk. It's really yeah. Big. It's huge. What is the name of the class when you run this? What do you usually call this class? Uh, I've been calling it holistic health and the diseases of civilization. Nice nutrition, exercise, and herbal therapeutics. So, first, mm-hmm. folks are going to want to watch your website, which is so the website we've got at vitalforcenaturalhealth.com. But I'll be posting this to the uh, when I do another class. I'll post it to the Practical Herbalist. Uh, oh, page. thank you! That'd be awesome. Just because I'm an altruist, I'm a nice guy. Oh, you are I a like nice to share guy. Things so um, amazing. Yeah. So, well, that's thanks great. for having me, folks. Yeah, thank Again, you. thank you. Yeah, thank well, you so we'll, much. We'll have these. Wrap up. It's just so big. It's huge. It's a giant topic. Giant topic. And and it's a giant problem. It was epic. It was was an epic discussion about an epic topic that is an epic problem in our society. Yes. 
So Epic. cue the orchestra. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we got we got links to the things that Jakob's been talking about here on our show notes. Yes, we do. And check our website. Um, check his website. Yes, and there will be links on the show notes to his website. Indeed. Cool. Yes, we're all linkity link linkly. Linkity yeah. link link. Yep, and we have uh, at the. On our website, please check it out. We have uh, commonly on Facebook, people say, hey, I would like to check out that recipe you mentioned on your podcast. And I keep saying, go to the website. It, it Search that's engine right is great. There. Thank you, Patrick, for the yeah. wonderful search engine. You know, that's it's yeah. easy to find things. It's a giant website, but really is easy to find things there. And so I ask easy. people to go. And you can, if you have interest in some of the topics that we have an ebook on, check out the ebooks. They're pretty cheap oh, yeah. and it's, it's easy. We try to make it bite size, like easy to digest, yep. enough for people to ruminate on and apply it to their life. It's not just here's here's this science now, see you later. We we have ways to put it in. Practical. So, pra- practical. By golly, that is our adjective. That is the adjective. That's, it's all that's about what being we're practical. gonna be using. And then always look for us on Twitter. Look for us, as I said, pra- um Pinterest. Facebook. Pinterest. Pinterest Check out the Instagram a, gallery. It's called mm-hmm. hashtag the practical herbalist. Yep. Yep. We're all hashtaggy. Yeah. yeah that's what we are. All about every, every social media forum right there, right? Yes. We're I, I feel remiss. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm the younger one. I should be all, you know, know adapt to this know, millennial right? crap. Yeah. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You call yourself a You better watch out. Oh, <laughs> actually, other people call me. I don't, no one calls themselves no one, a, no one calls no a hipster. <laughs> Oh, I think it's. A I was great. called that once. I thought it might be an insult, but I wasn't sure. No, at this point, you just take the, anything. Any anyone says anything, you just take that as a compliment. It's all about how assume. you digest it. Because I'm pretty incredible. You are. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yes, absolutely. Well, thanks again, Thank Yaka. Yeah, thanks. It's, it's been a pleasure having me. <laughs> did I say that? Yes, you did. that now the world knows. Oh. <laughs> Yes, if I wasn't already deemed a narcissist, we've got it. There it is. Foolproofed here. In the bag. There's a nerve for that. It was a pleasure being here, though. Seriously, thank you. The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA. They're not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem. Any testimonials, questions, or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.